0: Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to
1: work, you have to truly believe in the magic.
2: What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, Orlando Magic UK's weekly podcast. This is episode 68. Uh, as always, I'm joined by Mikey and Paul. And Paul's just put down his glasses. That's a shame. He was looking a bit like Wendell Carter That's Jr. A Wendell look.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that when we record this, I mean that in-between place of, do I quite need them? Because they've, they've they're have got they for reading and then they're also for, for driving. Um, so sort of mid-range, it just leaves everything blurred. So I'm sort of, they're on and off at times. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. How are you? Are you okay, mate? Yes, mate. Can't complain, pal. Thank you very much. Oh, Yourself? good. Yeah,
2: can't complain. Well, I say can't complain. I've just learned that Tom Brady's just retired. So uh, it's, um, you know, hello, darkness, my old friend for the Buccaneers. So um, <laughs> Mr. Clark, there is uh, celebrating. How's hey, your you, week been,
1: Mikey? My my week's even better now I've heard that news. So uh, now, now I'm a Raiders fan, you can come back down to our level again, pal. Hey.
2: <laughs> uh, good stuff. Um, so we're delighted to be joined. Um, first time as a, a guest of the show, but he has um, been on the show before uh, when we did the fantasy draft of the um, All-Time Magic. So uh, six-man co-host from Omaha, Nebraska, Mr. Luke Sylvia. How are you, Luke?
0: I'm good, guys. I'm good. I'm I'm riding high after a, uh, a much-needed win there against the Pistons. As I was telling you guys before we started recording, I was really hoping we could rip off three straight. Um, Would have been a lot of fun, especially for a team that at that point had only won nine games uh, or eight games, really, I guess, as of Sunday. Um, So or nine, actually. Sorry. So now just getting the 10th win. I was hoping it was going to be the 11th, but uh, I'm good, guys.
2: Awesome. Good stuff. And we just touched on the NFL there. Who's your team
0: out of interest? um my fantasy football team is my team All right. <laughs> I, uh, I i i was a big fan of um of the Colts and Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy uh when Peyton was on that team but Peyton parted ways dungy left obviously and so i uh, ever since then i didn't really want to you know bandwagon follow a player to another team that's just not how i am the teams in florida were really they they sucked around the time that like i was getting into sports for the most part um, and so I, I just, I, am not as big on the NFL, so I'm, I'm mainly college, uh, college football, uh, for me, I went to the university of Florida, so I'm a big Gator fan, but, uh, but yeah, so I, as far as, uh, NFL, I'll, I, like I said, I root for my fantasy team and, uh, I really was rooting for Brady again. Uh, I had really embraced him being the best quarterback of all time and was, was hoping he'd just continue to win. Uh, really surprised that, that he, that he retired.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit surprising, isn't it? Uh, It's a shame because Gronk will probably uh, walk now.
0: Definitely. uh,
2: Yeah, let's just hope uh, there's some way we can get Aaron Rodgers down in Tampa uh, (laughs) because we've got a good receiving core there. So uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed. uh,
0: I know know your second string is... uh, Tampa Bay's second string is um, Blaine Gabbard, I think. But I think his contract expires. And then behind him... Is uh, my my fellow Gator Kyle Trask, so uh, I, I'm hoping he can at least be second string this year. But we'll uh, we'll see if he learned anything from old TB in the past uh, season here. Yeah,
1: I'm you know, sure you know he why he's done. gone. You know why he's gone though, don't you? Because uh, his mate Antonio Brown decided to to to, to have another <laughs> little moment, <laughs> and uh, he realised he can't win without him, so he's quit. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, a brown, yeah. Problem, he, he, isn't
2: it?
1: He? he is a problem,
2: yeah. <laughs> right, let's get uh the show underway. We'll just do a quick recap of uh the last week since we recorded last and magic news, injuries, etc. So, the Magic play four times since our last um recording, we lost the Los Angeles Lakers 116 105. Uh, Jalen Suggs scoring 22 points and 9 assists uh, to lead the way. We then beat the Chicago Bulls, uh, 114-95. Moritz Wagner scoring 23 points to lead the way. Um, We played the Los Angeles Clippers, a game we probably should have won given the first half. Uh, We lost that one by a decision of 111-102. Franz Wagner led the way with 21 points and then last night we absolutely annihilated the Detroit Pistons that's nice to say isn't it um, and Franz Wagner led the way with 24 points uh, completely well not him him and Suggs outplaying Kate Cunningham and um, yeah really putting on a show so that was good to see um, news for the week then uh, Wendell Carter Jr. returned uh, to the lineup against the Lakers coming from off the bench scoring 19 points in 19 minutes uh, L. Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Michael Carter, Williams and Etwan Moore remain listed as out. Although we do keep seeing a lot of rumours that Markel is back. Uh, and then they're dashed and they're fake accounts and whatnot. And um, it's all over Magic Twitter. Um, and then today, according to Shams, Magic guard Cole Anthony is committing to the NBA slam dunk contest at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. Um, we await confirmation of the final lineup. Uh but hopefully we get to see number fifty put some fifties on the board, as long as that clown Dwayne Wade isn't a judge. So um we're happy with that, guys.
3: Hey, you know me an all star weekend. I really don't have a lot of interest in it. It don't do it for <laughs> me. I'll I'll watch the skills contest and the three point contest and the slam, but the actual game itself. No real interest. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't flame vote. No, fair
2: enough. Fair enough, but if you know Cole gets a good show in, uh, he'll only propel his name, and you know we might just get some more media coverage here in Orlando, so it can only uh, benefit us. Um, additionally, the All Star lineup starters were announced uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, the Western Conference consists of Golden State guard Stephen Curry, Memphis Gri- Gri- Grizzlies guard Jamal Morant in the backcourt, oh, but, but, along but, with but... reigning. MVP, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets and forward, Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors. Um, You've got something to key.
1: say about that, G? Because uh, you took to Twitter in a little rage about that the other day.
2: Not in a rage, but come <laughs> on. Andrew Wiggins, are you having a laugh? There's so many better players there in the Western Conference <laughs> than missing out on this accolade. Um, anyway, let's go and just tell you about the East. Isn't that, um, in the wait, East, isn't
3: that only four players? A, did I just
2: you say four, did
3: I? Um, LeBron? bron has got to be a star,
2: isn't it? Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, LeBron. <laughs> God, <he's laughs> pain. Pain in my backside. Yeah. I conveniently forgot about the Laker. Uh, anyway, in the East, uh, Kevin Durant is joined by DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, uh, Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo in the front court. Uh, Durant's availability for the game is a question mark due to his injury, though. Um, but as you guys just picked up on there, I wasn't a big fan of the Wiggins inclusion, and it's obviously uh, because of the fan vote uh, holding fifty percent. And I think he's got some influencer involved. Um, your thoughts on the lineups,
0: Luke? Um, yeah, I mean. Wiggins, I mean, come on, man. He He's averaging 18 a game. It's like, I don't know. And I understand the Warriors are a great team. But in all honesty, I mean, the the, the Suns, you know, it's Devin Booker not getting a nod there. I understand, like, they're trying to go guard forward and it kind of is a log jam there for D-Book to get in and who they're considering guards. It's It's ridiculous. I think that I really do think that there should maybe be a center and then whoever else you want like, as far as, like, voting to get in, right? Because we are shifting to such a positionless game that it really doesn't, doesn't matter. Even the big men that are stars are playing like they're, like, can play like they're guards, right? Jokic, Embiid, like, these are guys that that can run their offense, and they do run their offense, especially Jokic. So I think that, you know, they, they should really get rid of the one through four positions in terms of just, like, holding them tight to that, because I really do think that Wiggins got in on a technicality about like his position. I think that there was not enough wiggle room involved and he just was very fortunate that I think he had like a K-pop star or something ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, kind of influencing the, the fan vote. So I don't know, man, it, it very, very weird, but, uh, kind of goes to show you that this isn't to be taken seriously. I mean, we had Anthony Simons when the dunk contest last year. So like they, there's just a lot of, it, it's just entertainment and it is what it is, but, um, it, yeah, Wiggins being in there, it, it doesn't make sense to me really.
2: No, completely agree. Uh, for me, Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Um, I know he's not sort of looked upon as a, a star, but he brings it in every, every night, doesn't he? You know, 18 and 16, uh, he's the backbone of that Utah team, um, who've been consistently good. So I, I feel for him. Um, but there we go. Um, So the rookie game, so the NBA announced that the game between the top rookies and sophomores in the league, which takes place on the Friday of All-Star Weekend, will have an entirely new format next month in Cleveland. So rather than two teams split evenly, um, we're going to have, between rookies and sophomores, uh, there's going to be now four seven-man teams made up of a combination of 12 rookies, Twelve sophomores and for the first time, four G league unite players. Um, the rookies and sophomores will be selected by NBA assistant coaches while the four G league ignite players will be selected by G league head coaches. Um, hopefully we get to see some you know magic and possibly lakeland participation. Um, any thoughts, Mikey?
1: Paul, Paul's already alluded to it. Like it's just it's just an entertainment weekend. There's nothing really riding yeah. on it. There's nothing it, it doesn't hurt mixing the format up. Um obviously it used to be rookies versus sophomores. Then they went to USA against the rest of the world. That worked. I thought that actually worked quite well. I don't know quite why they needed to change that format so much, but but they're, they're just playing around with it. Um yeah, it's all right. I'm 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 pretty even when it comes to that sort of stuff. I don't mind.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, So a couple of of topics um, from this week's games uh, that I've picked up on, just to have a quick chat with you guys. Um, So for me, the defensive intensity in the last few games has gone up a notch, uh, and it's no surprise it's coincided with Jalen Suggs coming back into the team. Uh, What are your thoughts on Suggs' impact whilst on the floor? So go to Luke first.
0: Um. Yeah, I I think that I'm I'm starting to now come around with Jalen. Um, I, I was not on board with the pick when it happened, um, mainly because um I feel like the the Magic were pigeonholed into to thinking they had to draft Jalen Suggs, right? And I because of Scottie Barnes going four, um, and I I still stand by that. I think that that was something that like the Magic probably felt you know the, th- that he was the fourth best player in the draft and also was just kind of like he felt to us we really don't have a choice if we pick anybody else here in this position we're gonna look like idiots um but i, I think that, that Jalen had some glaring issues um as all those young guys do right um but i really think that that time off since he you know, the time off that he had he was able to uh, kind of take a bird's eye view of his game. Uh, He still has his turnover problems are still there, Um, but, but he is just, he feels more intense. He feels more of a leader than he was prior to his injury. We saw it when he was on his break. He, he was, you know, coaching guys who were at the free throw line. He was, you know, yelling at them to, to let, make sure they knew their assignments and, you know, giving them encouragement, whatever it was he would stand up at pivotal points of the game and go to where a coach normally stands to communicate with them. So I, I think that he really was able to, um, you know, not only just craft his game, but the most important part of it all probably is his leadership. And uh, if he wants to be the guy for the Orlando magic one day, that's what he's got to do. I think that he has done a, a phenomenal job with the defense, the defensive rating um, since he's been back has been through the roof, uh, the magic were and the you know, 10 worst teams basically in the defensive rating. And now they're in the top 10, you know, best in defensive rating since he's been back, I believe. So, um, huge impact defensively. He's, he's, you know, not forcing too much when he's shooting. I think that he really has taken a step since we last saw him.
2: Absolutely. Paul, anything to add?
3: Mate, I think uh, one of the things that I've really loved seeing is his improved conditioning. And he's alluded to it that they had had him in the gym, um, the, t- uh, the management had him in the gym every day working on his strength and conditioning because they felt that it wasn't quite what it should be been uh, when he joined the team, which he has said he, he was in full agreement with. And I think since, you've, since he's come back, you've seen the benefit of that increased um, physicality because he is he's taking charges, he's diving about the floor. As soon as he puts the ball on the floor, he's got an explosive drive. Um, whether it's, <laughs> look, we were talking about the football earlier on and we all know that he played football to a high level in high school. Um, as soon as he puts it on the floor, he's, he's, then them football abilities are showing he's able to drive, be it the drive for yards or getting himself some position to get the space to be able to get a pass away. Um And then when he goes to the basket, as we saw against, wow, can posterize somebody. Uh, super, I, since he's come back, and his defensive ability is second to none.
0: Yeah, I, I want to add to that. You talk about his ability to get to the rim in college, and I've talked about it on the show the past couple of weeks. But in college, he he showed a tendency. To try to be more elusive at the rim and, and he didn't really seem to want the contact, which was really weird considering he is a football player, right? I mean, that, that was super odd to see um, in college. And that was one of the things that was, I was kind of like, I, what's wrong? Like, why doesn't he want to just you know, embrace that contact and, and go and finish strong? Since he's been back, I mean he's he's shooting over four three free throws a game. Um, yep. if he can get to that over five mark, um, you know, just in general, if we can depend on him to shoot five plus free throws a game, that would be incredible. He's a he's a decent free throw shooter. He he had a, a game where he had a, a ridiculous amount recently. Uh, I believe it was like eight, seven or eight free throws recently. So I, I think that, that that's a, a big thing for him. I, I think that for whatever reason, now that has clicked for him, and he is just embracing um the role of just being the physical player that he is not just sacrificing his body on the floor which he's always done but going up and absorbing that contact i think that's a, a good point that's something that i've been you know talking about as well with him
3: yeah. you look as well think- his football ability was shown with the full court pass to wendell against <laughs> uh, the lakers what a pass and his his spirit last night and and again improved fitness with, um, in the chase down block uh, against Detroit. And that was, that. Was, sorry, G, that was LeBron-esque. You know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who? You know, a generational yeah. player, the one who's not bad, according to you, he's all right. Yeah. Do, you,
1: um, do, you, do you know the impact it feels like he's made? Is a bit like when Cole Anthony got hurt last year. And he took that time out, sat on the bench, watching from the sidelines, getting a different perspective. Suggs has yeah. done the same thing. And if you forget, if you forget the numbers for the minute, uh, and get to the free throw line more and, and being more physical, he just looks like somebody who's being able to watch the game from a different point of view, stand on the sidelines and, and watching the game, and probably thinking, right, when I'm on the floor, I can make an impact in these areas, and I could like like we've seen him probably jump the passing lanes more uh, and steal the ball and get out and transition quickly more than he did earlier in the season. It's things like that. You're thinking he's probably reading the game a little bit differently. Um, so yeah, f- forget the numbers. I, I just feel like his confidence gone up another level because he can see when he is back out on the floor, what sort of impact he can make for the magic Um without necessarily putting up more points or shooting the three better. F- forget all that. He's, his impact is his, his intensity and the energy he plays with. Um, and that's starting to rub off on other people now. And, and we saw that with like some of his dunks that we saw um, against Chicago. But yeah, he, he's had a much, much bigger impact since he's come back from injury.
3: You look as well at, um, he's his, his, since he's come back, he's had his career high, in points and assists um, that's that's that shows that you've got greater confidence um, and I'm just happy to see his energy because he, the minutes he's playing I don't really I won't say he's playing more minutes since his return but I think the minutes are more meaningful that he's actually producing
2: no absolutely Um Right, so another player who I, I feel has been playing quite well is Tumo Kiki. You know, last year we did think he was going to be a bit like Kawhi. Um, the season didn't start off like that, but in recent weeks, he's averaged over thirteen points per game over the last five, including um, two outings where he scored seventeen points uh, last night against Detroit and eighteen against Philadelphia. A couple of, uh, I think it was last week, um, while shooting eighty-five percent from the floor in both games. Um, he was knocking down the threes I think he went six or seven in one of those games uh, probably the Philly game um, so what are you seeing from him guys in in the last week or so? Uh,
1: Mikey? Uh, consistency and confidence probably the biggest two things uh, obviously shooting the ball much better and, and the points are going up but I, I just feel that's uh, down to consistency of probably playing a more consistent role. Whereas earlier in the season, he was trying to get his conditioning back. He was trying to get himself back into the team and trying to carve out a role in and amongst everybody else. Because there's so many, there's been so many moving parts this season. And, and obviously, December, we had players going. To, <laughs> we were out left, right and centre with COVID and injuries. And it felt like we were just plugging players in different spots. But now Tumor's playing a bit more of a defined role. I think that's probably having a larger impact on him as well. And, and like I said, j- just the just the fact that he's getting reps and 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 putting these shots up night in night out, he's gradually starting to see one or two fall and, and you can see that confidence starting to grow.
0: Yeah, and if it's about Luke, uh, yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. I um, <laughs> I, I, I I'm not. I'm not sold on his progress right now, man. Right. It's hard, right? Because the, when he he's a boomer bust player right now in his last 10 games, right? I mean, you you just look at his game log um, and in terms of his field goal percentage, he, he shoots six for seven against Detroit, 85% from the field. Then before that, two for nine. Uh, before that is his only only game shooting like in the 50s or 40s. Uh, from the field prior to that shoots 36% prior to that six for seven, exactly what he did last night, but against Philly, 85% from the floor, uh, 28%, 25%, 33%, 27%. He does the same thing from the field that he does with those three pointers. Um, and it's because his three pointers right now are taking a, a. it's basically the main, the main shots he takes. Uh, I feel like they're from the perimeter. I, I think that for Chuma, man, I really like to see him get to the free throw line more. I'd like to see him. He, he's not. I mean, in the past, whatever it is, like eight, nine games, he shot a total of five free throws. So he he doesn't get to the line because he's you know out by the three point line. Um, I think when it when it when it rains it pours with him, right? I mean, when when he is hitting, he's on. But when he's not, I'm like, man, get this guy off the floor. I, I don't want to see him shoot another three. And then he'll come in and have performances that he had like last night, three of four from three, um, three of five from three. But then uh, against LA, shoots 10 threes um, and makes three of them. So it's just, it, I don't know how to feel about about Schuma. Defensively, he's good, obviously. Mm-hmm. But offensively, man, he, he leaves a, a lot to be desired for me. Well,
3: That's interesting because, add- you know, when, he com- when it comes to... Uh, when I'm writing the game reviews on the website, I'm either writing that Tumor's had a spectacular game or mm. he's just getting left out completely. That's really mm. interesting, Luke, what you're saying. Um, I really like the guy and I want him to be a success. Uh, mm. I like the fact that we're we're actually using him in his natural position now, rather than asking him to do something else. And that's the benefit of having players return. I do think that the... Injuries. When we had Greg Anthony on, we were talking about this then. Um, losing the summer, not having summer league, losing a lot of um, training camp has had a huge impact on his ability to be effective during the season. Um, I think that the starting minutes that he got um, a few weeks ago have helped. I think it's, in, it's improved his experience. But he, as, as I said, is that boomer player, yeah. Um, I really want to see him succeed. And but defensively you can't follow the guy per defensive ability. Uh three blocks last night, and he, he could probably be more effective for the team. Mikey, I know you've said to us before that you just feel he's gonna be a role player as opposed
1: to a star. Yeah, that's that's I think that's all he's gonna be. And I don't mean yeah. that in a in a bad way. He's he's yeah. gonna have a role on the you've team. Got to have
3: players that, yeah, you've got to have players who are role players who come out and that's their job, and they're not going to be the limelight headline grabbing guy. Schumer's probably that player a lot. Of, I think some of the stuff he does doesn't show up on the on the box score. But yeah, it's it's all or nothing with him at the moment.
1: Um, it's a small sample size as well, isn't it? This this yeah. run that he's been on, where he's where he's had good games.
3: I, <laughs> I, I do wonder if um, you know you look at the nights where he is. Th- Threes like against Lake. That was a game where when it very much felt that we're settling for shots here, as opposed to being good shots, the ones where we're just forcing them up. Um, I don't know how, I, 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 no, I wasn't particularly with it during the Lakers game, I wasn't feeling over well. Um, but so I've not really, I didn't take that much notice, but I wonder if some of those shots on that particular night were as a result of that sort of thing, of them just being launched that we were just lobbing threes and hoping something went in and got us going, as to the being designed players.
2: Yeah, he is that kind of player, though. You know, like a uh, uh, Trevor Rees Robert Covington, um, very good defensively, very uh, you know a strong player that you can see uh, a championship team needing you know so let's just hope uh, he sticks around and, and develops his game and yeah. you know he's got the he's got the tools so um, let's just give him an opportunity to you know try and flourish
3: he's an ideal so, example of what this season's about isn't it that it's yeah throw everything onto the court see what sticks see what's good see what works and hopefully you get good good development that gives us a point to build from yeah definitely
2: um so the as I mentioned previously, you know, there's a lot of talk about Markel coming back. Um, So just wanted to get everyone's take Um, with a fully healthy team. I think you touched upon this on the six man show, um, Luke, what would be your guard rotation with a healthy Markel, uh, Suggs, Anthony, uh, RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, who's your starters And, well we just go from
3: there. Paul, I can do you first. Okay. I'm gonna say that if you possess the shirt, it's yours for the moment. Um if you're coming if you are Markel and you're coming back from injury, I don't think you come straight back into the starting rotation. I think that you've got to earn that starting jersey. I think you've lost somebody. Um we saw what was it, eight season from him before he went down injured it was with a very different team. Um, we all know at this moment that the five starters we have uh, are ranked extremely highly in efficiency with in, in the NBA as a starting five unit. Mm. Um, I like to see Cole and Jalen play together. I think that there's something that can develop there. So for me, at this moment, faults comes from the bench. Ultimately, I think you're probably looking at either... I think you're looking at Markel taking the shirt as being the lead point guard with uh, the responsibility as the main ball handler um, with support from the bench of either Cole or Jalen. And I think Gary Harris comes from the bench if he is still with us in a few weeks' time.
2: Okay, Mikey?
1: I, I don't think it matters this season. Um, I'd actually got if, that down, Mikey. Have if, you? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'd got that down as to say
1: it's an experimental season, so play with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it would hurt, say, some games to play Markel and Cole together, Markel and Jalen together, Jalen and Cole. We've already seen what those two do together. So you you, pro- you could probably say the last like 30-odd games, when Markel comes back, mix the rotations up, mix the lineups up and, and see, if, see if anything develops. But I, I think going into next season... <laughs> it's it's really difficult because part of me still thinks Markel's going to come back and be the best guard that we've got. And that makes one of Jalen or Cole (laughs) benchable to me. Um, And to me, if Cole's the better outside shooter, which hasn't been as good lately, but I think he might be a better fit next to Markel to start next season and Jalen may be coming off the bench. Um, but with the impact that Jalen's been having over since he's come back from injury, I, I don't know, it's a really difficult question. Um, again, I, I think you just got to play with rotations and play with lineups and, and, and see if anything develops out of that. But I, I do agree though, Paul, there is a point where if you've got the jersey, if you've if if you've got that position nailed down, and you've been playing well, then I don't see any reason why you should be ousted out of that position. If if somebody else is due to come back, but I still think Markel is probably the best guard if he's fully healthy when he comes back. Yeah,
2: it's a nice problem to have. Do you think, Luke?
0: Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, and like you said, I talked about it, right. Um, so basically what it breaks down to is, do you want your starting five to have outrageous defensive production, not, not potential. I think a lot of times that we, we get sucked into potential, right? We think Markel is still going to be the superstar guard. Um, some people do. Um, and I, I don't agree with that. I, I think I think that I think that he will be a, a very good player, uh, a good starter, a uh, point guard starter for a long time. I, I don't think that he'll be a star. I, I think that um, however, I, I think that once he is good, once he has no more minute restriction, I think you have to start him right now. I think that the starting lineup, uh, and I'll give my reason why here real quick, uh, the starting lineup should be Markel, Jalen Suggs, Franz, Ji, and Dell. Um, the reason being, we need we we need Cole off the bench. We need him to be that spark plug off the bench. I think he would thrive in that role. I think that he would be great in terms of his offensive output. So uh, I think that that's the biggest reason. I mean, can you imagine the the defensive prowess that that starting lineup would have with those guys? I mean, it's ridiculous. All of those guys are good defenders. Yeah. Um, and then let the bench come in and, and, and try to put in the offense. If Gary Harris and T Ross are still here as of February 10th, man, I I think that, uh, this could literally be a Jekyll and Hyde type thing where you've got a really good defensive lineup in the team and on the the court to start. And you've got those guys on the bench, uh, that'll be producing the offense, um, throughout the rest of the game there, you know, as they kind of go back and forth. So I, I think that they're this. I think there's a lot of potential on this team. Um, but I, I think, you you know, it doesn't need to be overthought that to, to start the game with that defensive intensity, hold players, you know, teams to a minimum in that quarter, the first quarter, especially would set you off on the right foot. Uh, I think that that's what you got to start with.
2: Yeah, I, I'm i in agreement with um, Luke. there. Um, the only thing I will say, and I do think Markel is going to be the star, etc. But we did have um, Greg on, Greg Anthony on. Um, And he did make a really good point um, in that Cole's first season has been better than any of Markel's seasons. So whilst we, you know, hold Markel to this pedestal and we still do, uh, Cole's been playing fantastically in the season and a half we've had him. Uh, And a bit like Mike and Paul said, you know, at the moment he's got the jersey. So should we give it up or, you know, move him to the bench? Um, But you made great points. You know, it's an experimental season. Um But I did like the uh the lineup that, that Luke mentioned there, and I, I think Cole can be you know that spark like off the bench. So what, um, what would have my- been
1: your what would have been your answer, Luke, earlier in the season when Cole was averaging a good twenty points per game? Same, it would have definitely. Same.
0: It would have been definitely. I, I think at the time I was and I was in the moment. Right? <laughs> you, <Yeah. laughs> you, you think that's sustainable, and it's just not. I mean, he maybe eventually it's sustainable, but but right now it's not. We've seen his numbers dip. Cole's been struggling. Um, I think that being the leader of that bench unit could really be the next elevation that he has to get closer to where he was at the beginning of the season. Um, I just wouldn't trust Jalen to go to the bench and and lead that unit offensively by any means. I think that Cole uh, is is more than confident to do it and and would be best suited for the time being until you know. And and that's the thing, right? I mean, Manu Ginobili, guys like that off the bench, those six men that just kind of stay there they're not bad players by any means they're they're great so uh, I, that's not a knock on Cole I just think that he could benefit from it
3: yeah I'm not I'm not 100% sure that Cole would actually like to be coming from the bench I think he uh, wants to be I don't think he I don't think he wants to take like a six-man role or not be interesting
2: yeah definitely Right then, let's get to know our guest Mr. Luke Sylvia a little bit more then. So Luke, um, tell us about your magic fandom from when you started uh following the following the team.
0: Um yeah, it, it really started um right around when when Dwight, you know, got got drafted. Um back, you know, back then was really when I started to get I was like 8 at the time, I think. Um, So I was really starting to, to, to start to watch more, more and more sports. I always played them um, from, you know, when I was little, like most people, Um, but start to really enjoy to watch the game. I could sit through a whole game. I wouldn't need to, you know, and I, I still struggled with that. Like, like even till I was like 12, I would struggle sitting through a game because all I wanted to do and do when I watched a basketball game was, was either uh, go go play basketball outside because I just want, it made me want to play basketball um, or play like NBA 2k or at the time NBA live on my, on my, uh, you know, on my gaming system. So, um, so I, once I, I really got plugged into the magic there, man. Um, and, and I started to really um, get invested in the team then. Um, and it's been uh It's been a journey, but uh, I I really wish I could go back and tell myself when I was like 11, um, you know, hey, let's 11, 12, 13 years old, you know, really enjoy these seasons because soon it's going to get dark really quick.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to watching the television and uh, wanting to go out and play. I remember Mm -hmm. watching Mighty Ducks when I was a kid and thinking, right, I want to go and play ice hockey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. So uh, Yeah. Cool
1: you can't ice skate G, can you so that's a, that's not no. a good start um, <laughs> no roll,
2: roll, rollerblades wasn't it roll oh off.
1: rollerblades yeah uh, Luke you've probably talked about this before but I've I've never actually heard it how did you come to join the Sixth Man Show how did you know Jonathan before and second part has he ever gotten over you not inviting him to Disney last year <laughs>
0: uh i'll answer that one first no no jonathan (laughs) jonathan is uh he's he's a petty individual so i think that uh jonathan if you're listening to this i'm just kidding i love you i uh but but no so i no i don't think so um as far as you know kind of when how i got to to join the show uh i really you know we're coming up on wow um in a couple months, it'll be that I'll be, I've been on the show for two years at that point, um, which is crazy to me. But, uh, but yeah, I, initially I didn't know Jonathan at all. Um, Jonathan and I didn't know each other. He posted on Twitter. He tweeted out, you know, he had followed me and I had followed him on Twitter, but I never really interacted with the account or anything. And, uh, and he tweeted out and I had just, been kind of thinking to myself, like, I, I, there, I need another outlet. Like, I, I want an outlet where whether it's streaming, playing video games, or doing a podcast, I don't really, you know, at that point, like, didn't care what it was about. Like, I just felt like this urge or like this passion to, to do something um, in the media realm. I, I was a production major in college. Uh, but at that moment, I told my wife that I was like, I just want to do like, I want something else. Um, but the issues come with, you know, um, you know, when it comes to streaming video games, um, you you need to have equipment and do all those things. I'm like, this is something I have to invest in the things that I want to do uh, financially. And so Jonathan tweets out and he says, looking for a co-host, just DM me with kind of your experience and and we can set up a time to talk. So that was that was what happened. Um, you know, Jonathan and I talked on. You know, I told him I had done some stuff with the Magic. Uh, I was kind of shadowing John Denton at the time uh, when I was seventeen. Okay. Um, I was had a, a family connection with the at the time the head strength and conditioning coach, Bill Burgos, who now is with the Timberwolves as their head strength and conditioning coach. Um, and he got me really plugged in and connected me with with John Denton. So I, I had experience around the team. Uh, I interned for the Lakeland Magic. Um, for a year, doing all their production work there in Lakeland, and um, so yeah, I that was when you know that that was kind of my experience, I guess, right? I had been on the radio before in high school. I was an intern and ended up doing a show once a week. So I, I felt like I had the the criteria to do something like that. And Jonathan and I talked, and it was just up to like chemistry at that point, you know, like how did we gel? And even just in the in the conversation we had via Zoom. At the time, man, it was great. Uh we we really got along. We shared a lot of the same values. Um and and, and that was a really good uh thing there as well. So um I didn't know Jonathan before and, and now we talk every day. It's pretty crazy. Awesome. All right. So
3: I gotta ask you, what do you want to see happening in the trade deadline window? And is yeah. it the same as you think will happen?
0: Um I'm going to say that kind of what I'm thinking, I I really haven't had any big, big dreams for the trade deadline. Right. I mean, I I haven't, I haven't even like tried to, to, I'm I'm protecting my heart, Paul, I'm protecting it because I don't want to think that the magic are going to make a trade that they're absolutely not. And I I think that the, I kind of, so I'm being just more realistic, I guess, with what I think will happen. And that kind of just naturally is my thinking of what I want to happen now. is that T Ross, um, and Gary, one of them, if not both get dealt. I honestly, I, I wouldn't, I, it's going to ruffle feathers, obviously among listeners and whoever, but I, I wouldn't mind if, if like an RJ or Chuma got traded for like a veteran that is still in, you know, able to produce for a few more years. I think that, you know, a guy that realistically we could sign back. I don't ask me names because I really don't I haven't thought about it that much. Um, who then? But uh, who then but
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's but that's always why. one and it's you, Mr. Clark, every time.
0: Every time. Yeah. But uh yeah, man, I it's it's definitely something. I think that definitely T Ross and, and Gary Harris, one of them gets dealt. I really want Gary Harris. I don't care what anybody says. I want him to stay on the team. He is completely yeah. different than he was at, at the beginning of the year. He is who we thought we, you know, could be getting, or at least who I thought we were getting when we had that trade with awesome. Denver. And uh so I think that it would be it would be great if we could retain him. I know that it's a great possibility that he wants to, you know, he's young, right? I think he's like 27 or something 27. like that. 26, 27, yeah. 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 So so he's got he f- kind of fits with this timeline more than like a T Ross. So if you can deal T. Ross, uh, and get whatever back for him, whether it's just draft capital, um, that's fine. I think that you know it's I think that it's time to move on from him. I think you know a lot of us can probably agree, especially now that we have Gary Harris and and kind of seeing you know if we trade him, I think that that means Gary Harris made it apparent to the front office, hey, I'm not coming back anyway next this summer. So you know feel free to deal me. I think it's a good sign for Magic fans maybe if Gary Harris doesn't get traded at the deadline. So we'll see. Yeah, it's a good
3: yeah. point. It's a good point. Where, on, on, just to follow, where are you on Mo?
0: Mo Bamba. On, the, uh... on Mo Bamba. This is also going to ruffle some feathers. I don't know that <laughs> Mo Bamba is the best Mo on the team. Um, <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm, with you. I'm with you.
0: you. got a point? Yeah, I, I, I think that what I've seen from Wagner, man, from Mo Wagner, that is uh he's a he's never gonna be a blow you away player, but i just i really do like the guy. I think he provides a lot of tenacity gets under people's skin um but uh, all that to say on bomba man, if he got traded i I probably wouldn't blink an eye i i'm I'm pretty much done with the experiment i I said this to Jonathan, and he about lost his mind um I told him in the last episode i said i see why he wasn't getting minutes last year with cliff i see it i am i i get it and then he was like you're not about to get on the clifford train right here and i was like no i'm not saying that at all i'm not i'm not saying that i that, that i wish that cliff was still here to work with our guys or anything he clearly wanted no part of that and rebuilding um but all that to say hindsight's 2020 mo just clearly wasn't like in practice and things like that mo very clearly just wasn't showing enough right i mean he's 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 freaking over seven feet tall but he can't back down contavious caldwell pope or he can't get into the post with him and me think it's a bucket now yeah. when 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 Del Carter Jr. gets in the post with a smaller guy on him I say it's a get bucket. Of my way. When when 60 year old Robin Lopez gets in the paint with a smaller <laughs> guard, I think it's a bucket, right? <laughs> so I just don't have the so hook. <laughs> yeah exactly you know the hooks are Captain Hooks going to come to play and and, uh, yeah. So as far as Mo, Mo goes, man, I hate that. I hate it because I was on the the train of thought last year that, you know, I, I hope Cliff, um, I hope Cliff gives him some minutes. Jonathan and I were practically leading the charge on that, right? Like we were every week, Hey, Cliff, let's give Mo minutes. I see it. I see it now. Yeah. And I, I get it. Yeah. And it goes to show you that like the coach sees it in practice, you know, what, what, what goes on more than we do. He gets a peek behind the curtains that we'll never get to see, and uh, now the one that I'll never understand is his infatuation with Michael Carter Williams. He has some flashes, but I I don't have an an excuse for Cliff on that one. Um, but I I think in the example of Mo, uh, I, I I see it. I get it now. Quality, huh? quality.
2: So what's what's been your favorite memory being a Magic fan? I'm guessing it's probably something to do with the finals running 09, But be it a particular game or, or an experience at the arena.
0: So experience is hard and I almost feel like I have to separate it into two separate acts. You know, when the team was great and when the team was bad um, or mediocre, I should say in this instance, Um, the coolest moments for me happened at the old uh, magic at the arena. Um, One of our family friends had like floor seats, not necessarily like, you know, on the, like right behind the bench, but like fourth row and on the floor and in that in that arena, everybody's on top of each other. You feel like everybody's around you and, and it's it's incredible. And I got to do that. Um, he would give tickets to you know his tickets to me and my dad sometimes when he couldn't make it. And he had season tickets at that spot. And so going to those games, I was young. I wish that that happened when I was older. But I still remember it. Right. I I remember every aspect of it, you know, just getting to hear the players that that close to the court. And uh, the the underrated part, people come waitresses come around and they're like, can we get you a drink? And I was like, absolutely. I'll take a I'll take a cherry Coke. Right. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, at the time I was I think I was probably like 12. So, um for a couple of years I got to do that and that those are some of my favorite times definitely. Um as of late and like the second act that we've been having uh was definitely when we were playing Toronto. Um another family friend of mine who has box seats, he he let me go for game 3 uh, and bring a buddy of mine. And so he and I went and got to sit in the suites um for the for game 3. And that game was awesome. And then game 4 awesome. And game four, um, my dad bought me and my family tickets and we were like, I think it was like 17th row or something like that in the lower bowl. I mean, it was, that was the most fun that I've had with the magic, obviously, as probably is the case with all of us, um, up to that point. And then you had within the last eight, nine, 10 years. So those are kind of my favorite moments that, that I'll never forget. I mean, that, that I, you know, will cherish the rest of my life. Awesome. Great Whereabouts stuff. were
3: you on the uh, game for them? What did you say? What, can you remember the block? Whereabouts were you on game four? Can you remember the block? Um,
0: so it was uh, all I can remember in, in terms of like where we were sitting was, like I said, lower bowl, but, um, but, on the you know it wasn't behind the baskets it was it was kind of um, I think it was if I can remember correctly the, the like the Raptors were shooting on our side in the first half um, so it was uh, it, it was they were great seats it was a lot of fun it
3: was just wondering how close you were to us because we were low above that that sort of oh, distance back where we guys as well
0: yeah but, did you uh, guys all go we or went. was it was it just you uh, Paul, or did you guys all went no, no
3: we, we, all all went. Went. We, we, we all went,
0: went. that's we awesome went. did you guys decide that like. When like were you guys planning to once the but, magic were making that so, crazy soon point well, Boston but but story, we beat Boston. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny yeah, story
2: have. is, Luke, um in January, I think we'd started the season, what, ten and thirty whatever it was. Right. And I said to my wife, I said, if we meet the playoffs, can I go? And she said, Yeah, 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 you can go. Right. And then of course after that Boston win, it was like, Right, we're booking.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, then well, I'd, awesome. I'd always
3: I'd I'd always said that this would be when it, whenever we got back to the playoffs would be my first experience of the playoffs. So we were mm-hmm. going as a family, and that's yeah. what we did.
0: Uh, yeah, but no man, that, that's we, awesome.
3: We were all booking seats and houses, and that's awesome. Right, <laughs> try in trying to get tickets, following for the I think it was the wasn't it? They, they put them on sale. So, yeah, so Luke, what excites you with this team when you're watching them? Uh, at this moment, just the one. What's the thing that gets you most excited, and what's the thing that gets you most frustrated?
0: Um, <sighs> most frustrated is just how, like, at their core, how bad this team has been. I mean, I get it—the injuries, and that, and, and really the injuries, right? And that's the biggest part. Is that that's what makes me the fr- most frustrated? Is checking the injury report and seeing how many guys are on the injury report every single night. That's the most frustrating thing for me as far as the most exciting, I think it's exciting that for the, the the first time in a while, it feels like the magic could have a player, a young player go for 35 or 40 points at any given night. Mm-hmm. I think that there's, you know, not necessarily that it happens all the time, obviously, but I think that you've got guys and, and, and Cole and Franz mainly that that could just have their way. Right. Mm-hmm. And apparently Mo can hit seven threes and a half. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> So I, so you know, there's just a lot of different, you know, a lot of different things that excite me, and it all stems from the youth that this team has. This team is fun. This team competes. I think that uh, Mosley is still getting his bearings in terms of, you know, X's and O's, and you know, he's gotten better at calling timeouts when he should. He's kind of getting a better feel for the game. But I think that you know, there's there's a reason that Mosley got brought in for this young group. I think he has kept them tied together. Uh, I think that their chemistry is really a credit to him. And uh I, I think that those those are just a couple of things really that, that excite me about this team.
3: Yeah.
1: Luke, what's been your biggest surprise this season? And you can't say Franz Wagner, right? That's the only one we're not gonna let you have. So what's been your biggest surprise? It's it's gotta
0: be it's gotta be Cole Anthony, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not Franz, it's Cole Anthony for two reasons how great he was pre-injury and the dip he has taken since he's been back, right? I mean, that those are that's kind of the, the, the slump that he is in right now, man. I mean, you you look at it. Um, but but I will say, in terms of Cole, and right now it's getting overlooked because he is shooting terribly right now, 33% from the field in those last 15 games, 23% on six attempts from three in his last 15 games. However, he's averaging more assists now than he was prior to his slump, right? So, and, and, and probably more free throws. If I had to guess he's shooting, um, let's see for the year 4.1 and his last 15, he's shooting 4.5. So I I think that he is doing all he can during this slump to, to turn it around and and be there for his team where he needs to be. And I, I think that he'll, that's why I think he's a team player. And I think Paul said, you know, I don't think that he would like getting pushed to the bench. I got news for all, everyone. It it doesn't matter how Cole feels. He's not a, <laughs> he's not a, you know, he's, not, he's just not in the, in the position right now to be like, no, that's, and that's frustrating. That's frustrating for me. You can't put me on the bench. And then they'll just slam down his stats from the last 15 games and say, look at your percentages right now. You're, you're not efficient. You're being less efficient than you were at the beginning of your rookie year last year right now. And he's just doing a lot, right? There's moments where Cole gets going and he, and he's doing a lot, but I'd say that that's kind of surprised me uh, in terms of, you know, I knew that he would come back to reality eventually, but how hard he hit the earth when he came back to reality has been insane to me. Um, But uh, kudos to him in terms of facilitating and getting to the line. I think that he's just trying to figure it out. And I, I think that unfortunately we won't really see how things pan out until the whole team comes back. And we've been saying it forever and I'm tired of saying it, but it, it's the case. It's weird
1: because I, I said this last week on, on our show, that I thought a big reason why Cole maybe have had, has had this slump was Wendell being out because I think Wendell creates a lot of space for him with pick and rolls and setting screens. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. still shooting 31% from the field and 18, 19% from three in the last four games since, since Wendell's been back. And weirdly... He's one of the best free throw shooters in the league, and he's down to seventy six percent this week. So he's he, he's just not he's just not in a rhythm, is he at the moment? No, It'll it's
0: come. definitely not. It will come, um,
2: yeah.
1: It
0: will,
2: Lou. So one part of the six man show I do have a chuckle about, and I look forward to is your sponsors with uh, with Manscaped and uh, watching yours and Jonathan's reactions um, as you have to read the script that they give you. Um, Tell me how many takes does that usually take?
0: It depends a lot less than it used to because we have it down to a science now. Right. And it's, it's, I'll give you guys behind the scenes of, of what goes, what happens. So, we record it if we've got a new read they tell us hey you know it's a it's it's you know whether it was back when the olympics were on there like we have a new olympic read or it's christmas you know holiday time so here's the script for that and there's always our favorite parts by the way is reading the scripts together for the first time you know i'll be looking at it and i'll be like you have got to be kidding me there are some (laughs) things that we omit because it's it's too much and we're like we're not going to do that um i would want to do it jonathan is the one that's like more professional with you know Know, more conservative with, with what he wants to do. And he's like, no, we're not, we're, you're not going to read that. I was like, come on. Um, but we actually early on it, it, it could it have, so we read it in parts, right? So we, he goes, I go, he goes every time. And, and so we read it in parts. I'd say initially it took probably at least five, six times combined for us to like get it right and be happy with it, uh, whether it be stumbling or just one of us losing it. Um, we, <laughs> we, we got good at it because now I, I will, when he's reading, I'll, I'll mute myself. And I also won't have, I'll have the script pulled up full screen. I used to have him on it. He used to have me on his screen while he read and he couldn't do it because I was, I would make, I would react. <laughs> and so he was like, we, I've got, I was like, dude, you have to just take me off your screen. Cause I can't help but react. Cause a lot of this stuff, I had just read the script. I'm just getting familiar with it. Yeah. So, so he had to take me off. And uh, so he can't see me anymore. Mainly when he reads the script or else he was gonna, he was going to start laughing too. So um, it's, it, it's it's a, it's a journey, really.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun listening to it. Yeah, man. So uh, let's hope for the, the next script coming in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, onto the predictions from last week. So, obviously, the Magic went two and two. Um, Gary actually got it right uh, and correctly uh, predicted two and two. I went one and three. Paul and Mikey went 0 oh and four. Uh, so, no points for us this week. So, Mikey leads the way at seven and five. Uh, I'm in second place at six and six and Paul is at five and seven. So we're recording our next episode on Friday, the 4th of February. The Magic play three games before we record. Uh, That is Dallas at home this Sunday, uh, the 30th of January at midnight. Then they play the Chicago Bulls on Tuesday, the 1st of February at 1am. And then the last one before we record is uh, at Indiana uh, on Wednesday, the 2nd of February, again, at midnight tip. So, guys, um, I've got Paul's prediction here, so I'll just keep that under my hat until you guys have gone first. So, uh, Mikey, what are you going to go with, mate?
1: I am going to go 1-2 and two this week, and we are going to beat the Indiana Pacers on Wednesday. Uh, Dallas is going to be a tough game coming in. Uh, I think Chicago is starting to get, I think, Zach Levine is back now. He missed the game when we played them uh, last week. So, I think the ball's are going to be tough to beat on the road. Dallas, Dallas are going to be tough, but I think the Pacers are probably the team there that, if we're going to win a game this week, that's probably the most likely.
0: Okay. Luke? Make uh, so, is it, uh, three, is it three games up to the Pacers game, right?
2: Yeah, so it's Dallas yeah. at home, Chicago on the road and Indiana on the road.
0: Okay. I so I know you do
2: this with, um, yeah, on the six man show, but uh, uh, uh,
0: we're a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Bit so, so what, what I'm going to go with, I'm going to say, I've been feeling optimistic lately for whatever reason. This team's been gelling a little <laughs> bit. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say two and one. I think that uh, they surprised a lot of people, including myself. And I think that at home, they, um, I think they beat Dallas. Dallas coming off a of back to back. They're going to be playing the Pacers, um, and then they play us the very next night. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that the Magic take it against Dallas. I think the Bulls win against Orlando, and I think the Magic are going to beat the Pacers uh, on Wednesday. So, I'm, I'm going to go two and one.
2: Awesome, sounds good. Um, Paul did go one and two, uh, and that was a win against the Indiana Pacers. Um, so, I'm going to have to be different. Um, so, I'm going to go three and no, I'm not. I'll go zero <laughs> and three. I'll go zero and three. Zero and so three. We have a, yeah, I don't want to say zero and three, but I think it's more likely to be one and two. But let's go zero and three just to mix it up a bit and try and catch they, you up. If
0: they if they go two and one, you have to uh, you have to shout me out on the next episode, okay? Of course, Absolutely. of
2: course, we will, <laughs> we will. And <laughs> um, so, just a quick affiliate plug. Please support today's episode and visit the official. NBA Store EU or Fanatics using our affiliate links in the description of the podcast. Shop the latest NBA gear and Orlando Magic merchandise, including jerseys, shorts, and t shirts, available with international delivery. Uh, Fanatics carry the NFL also, so make sure you're kitted out for the playoffs, unless you're a Los Angeles Rams fan. Um, please use our discount code magicuk10 at the checkout for 10% off your entire order, or use discount. Codes live on the website, which may give you uh, a better discount. Uh, please note some exclusions do apply. Right. Um, magic trivia time. Oh. right. So Paul's not here now. So I have four questions for you, two. Um so all it is is a it's a who am I or who's that journeyman? So they've played for the magic at some point in their career. So I'm going to tell you the teams they played for starting uh, from first to last. If you need a few clues, I can tell you the years that they were were, those teams um, and then you just have a guess. OK, so let's start with probably the easiest one I've got on here. Um, You can answer them together or you can do it individually, guys. So up to you.
0: Mikey, I'm gonna. I I feel like I might need some help here. So me and you might yeah. need to do this. So you, you know, we'll, we'll <laughs> talk right. through it. We'll do it together. Go ahead, then.
2: Right. Okay. Then. So the first player uh, started his career with the Los Angeles Clippers. He moved to the Phoenix Suns, followed by the New York Knicks. He then traveled to Miami, before having two seasons in Orlando. So there's a bit of a clue, and then he finished his career with the New York Knicks.
0: So he was with the Knicks and he went back.
2: So he was with the Knicks. So Clippers, Suns, Knicks, Heat, Magic, Knicks. And I'll tell you the year he was drafted was the year
1: 2000. And you said, I've, this, I've, the, you this said this who? the easiest one. I, th- I think <laughs> I've got it. You got any ideas, Luke? There's, a, there's only one name I can think of. I'm just Go trying on. to think about that last and part. I, and, was... and I think he works for Bally Sports on
0: occasions. He does
2: work for Bally uh, I've got it.
0: I've got it. <laughs> on occasions. Oh, oh, Q Rich then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Q, gotcha. Q
2: Rich is correct. So, right. So that's the first one. Um, The second one. Okay. Started his career with the Seattle Supersonics. He then moved to play for the Milwaukee Bucks, followed by the Minnesota Timberwolves. He moved back to the Milwaukee Bucks. He played a season at Charlotte, or not even a full season. And then he finished his career with the Magic in 2014-15.
1: Reel them off again, G.
2: Okay, I'll tell you the years as well, just make it easier. So I feel like I've thrown Luke in the deep end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sonics between 03 and 08, Milwaukee between 08 and 2010, Minnesota between 2010 and 2013, Milwaukee for one season 13-14, Bobcats for the second half of that oh. uh, 14 season. I got I think 14-15
0: because you said he finished the season and he started with the Sonics. He did. Okay, you initially said Sonics and I was like, "Oh, it's probably going to be like Richard Lewis." I it's the journeyman himself, uh Luke Rednor. I see what I thought. Yeah. yeah. He he got traded so many times and as, and after I think it was I can't remember when it was, but but he got bounced around between like five teams in 7 days or something ridiculous. had yeah. yeah, a crazy well, point. Minnesota
2: to Milwaukee to Charlotte, I think, within yeah. Yeah, a short amount of time.
1: It was, the, right, it was I got... the Bobcats that threw me off on that one, but I did think mm. that was the only one I could think of that played for the, the Sonics, apart from Rashad. But yeah, go on, go on G. Son-
2: Sonics, you had Horace Grant, Patrick Ewing. Well, we had Shimon Williams played for the Sonics. The Mad- anyway, carry on. Um, right, <laughs> so the next one. Um, I'll give you the years here. Uh, So this one, um, drafted in 97-98, played for the Boston Celtics. He then played a season at Toronto between 98 and 99. He played for the Denver Nuggets between 99 and 2000. He was traded to the Magic. He did not play a game. He then played for the Timberwolves between 2000 and 2002 before playing for the Detroit Pistons between 2002 and 2008. Denver then between 08 and 11. The Knicks in 2011 for a short amount of time. The Clippers between 2011, and 2013. And then he finished in the Motor City in 2014.
0: You said he was drafted what year? At 97,
2: 98 by the Boston Celtics. I think he was drafted. Uh, Boston drafted two players that season. I think it was either with Ron Mercer or Tony Batte I can't remember who. Oh
0: man! Hmm. And he finished with Detroit.
2: Yeah, and he ha- and he's won an NBA championship in there somewhere. If that helps.
0: Oh,
1: the only one and I can think the- of, and I don't think it is, is Billups. But I don't think it is.
2: Why don't you think it's Billups?
1: I don't know. <laughs> 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 I've doubted it myself is. a lot this season, so this is no exception to that. Um, yeah.
2: Well, well, it is Chauncey Billups, mate.
1: Oh, uh, okay, okay.
0: Um.
2: So um, he obviously s- uh, sat on the bench for the Magic. I think was it the heart and Hustle solid season. Mm-hmm. He got traded from Denver to Orlando. So, um right, we've got one more and this is probably the hardest one, I think just because he played one season in Orlando. Um drafted in 1998 by the Indiana Pacers. Um he then played in Atlanta between 2004-2006. He went back to Indiana for one season 06-07. Played for the Golden State Warriors for one season 07-08. Went to New York for two uh, to play for the Knicks between 08 and 10 played for the Nuggets between 10 and 12, played one season with the Magic between 12 and 13, and then he retired a Washington Wizard in 2014. And if you want another clue, I can tell you what jersey number he wore for us.
1: So that, means, mm. a, that means this one's a stinker then. No, uh, it's not. Actually. It's a, it's a not, common man?
2: number. It's a common number. Yeah.
0: Did it? Okay, give us the number. Did he wear it his whole career, or just w- with Orlando? Uh,
2: he wore it most of his career, I believe. He wore the number three, and I think he came to the league from high school. If that helps, to the Pacers.
0: Mm. Mikey, you have any? Uh... Mate, I'm
1: I'm out on this one. G, a, just reel the teams here. off again. Just reel the teams okay. off one more time.
2: Okay. Pacers, Hawks, Pacers, Warriors, Knicks, Nuggets, Magic, Wizards. Uh, I said yeah. it was a difficult one, so. Go on, Luke, have a stab at it, mate.
0: I, I really, I have nothing. I have nothing. I, I'm finding out that I'm terrible with the journey of <laughs> NBA players, he <laughs> wore number three.
2: Um yeah. and if if you were to think of him, you'd probably associate him with the Pacers more than anybody else.
0: And you said he was drafted like in the late late nineties.
2: No, nineteen ninety. Oh yeah, so in nineteen ninety eight.
1: Number three, Right. I'm out on
2: this one. If I told you his first name
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and his last name.
0: Yeah, and his last name would be great too. <laughs> his
2: first name is Al
0: Harrington. Harrington.
2: Al Harrington. Yep. I told you it was a tough one.
0: Yeah, so, you're right. He uh, you barely played for, <laughs> played for- <laughs> I know, I
2: know, I know, I know. <laughs> So there we go. Very so um, so thank you for joining us, Luke. Yeah, uh, of course. It's been a pleasure. You had a good time?
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Long overdue.
2: It has been. has been. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening and watching the podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast and hit the notification button so as not to miss any future episodes. Please make sure you visit the website, orlandomagicuk.com. For the latest news, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK. All of our links are featured in the podcast description. So thanks for thank you to Luke for joining us. So from Mikey, Paul and myself, until next time, go magic.